0: Hello, Uh, welcome to this discussion about the characterisation of of crypto assets and certain tax matters uh, surrounding them. Uh, My name is Piers Dryden. I'm a partner in Brabner's corporate team uh, and head of our technology sector group. And today I'm very pleased to be joined by Tim Shaw, who's a partner at Specialist Tax Advisory Practice Forbes Dawson. Uh, Tim's a qualified Chartered Accountant, Chartered Tax Advisor, uh, focusing on the corporate aspects of M&A transactions and business reorganisations. Um, but he also has a particular focus on the taxation of intangibles, including both acquisition structuring uh, and innovation incentives, uh, which is good, of course, because there's nothing as intangible as a, as a digital asset. Thanks, Piers. Pleased uh,
1: nice to join
0: you. So, um, so just I want to set a bit of a scene Tim, before we go uh, into in, into the tax uh, around this uh, around digital assets and crypto crypto assets and give a bit of context around the discussion for everyone. Um, so as everyone knows, it's that time of year when we're all preparing our tax returns to send to HMRC. Uh, and you may have noticed a question about crypto assets on your tax return. It struck me that this is an area uh, that's relatively new to many people and so a worthwhile area of discussion, uh, both for those who hold crypto assets as well as those who issue them, uh, which we can come on to later. Uh, but the first thing I want to be clear about is what we're talking about. So. Current UK policy in relation to cryptocurrencies was first addressed uh, in the UK Crypto Assets Task Force uh, in its final report, published in 2018. Um, And since then, the Task Force and the FCO both refined the categories. Um, And I think uh, I'm right in saying that Tim can confirm that that HMRC broadly follows the Task Force's three tier taxonomy of security tokens, exchange tokens, and utility tokens. Uh, So what of these three uh, of these three categories? Well, Uh, The first uh, category, security tokens, amount to a specified investment as as set out in the Financial Services and Markets Act 2000 Regulated Activities Order. And typically, security tokens uh, provide rights such as ownership, repayment of a specific sum of money, or entitlement to a share in future profits. They may also be transferable securities or financial instruments under MIFID II. The next category is exchange tokens, and this is where cryptocurrencies are found. Uh, such as Bitcoin, Litecoin, and their equivalents. And like many crypto assets, these that utilize a distributed ledger technology platform, such as a blockchain, though not all distributed ledger technologies are based on blockchain, of course, and they're not issued or backed by a central bank or another centralized entity. Exchange tokens do not provide the types of rights that security tokens typically do. Uh, they don't provide access rights that utility tokens commonly do, but are used primarily as a means of exchange uh, for investment purposes uh, or as a store of value and finally uh, we have utility tokens now these are redeemed for access typically to a particular product or service that's typically provided using a distributed ledger platform uh, so to recap we have securities tokens or security tokens exchange tokens and utility tokens uh, under the task force's taxonomy meanwhile the fca currently distinguishes between regulated and unregulated tokens Regulated tokens encompass security tokens on the lines of the task force's category and e-money tokens, which the FCA considers regulated because they're caught by the definition of e-money under the electronic money regulations. Unregulated tokens are any tokens that are not security tokens or e-money tokens. And the unregulated unregulated category also includes exchange tokens at the present time. So that's the legal and the regulatory standpoint uh, as of today. However, I do just want to point out that uh, on July the 20th of this year, Her Majesty's Treasury published a consultation paper proposing to bring the promotion of certain types of crypto asset within the scope of the UK's financial promotions restrictions. The consultation period has now closed, and it looks likely that its recommendations once implemented will have a significant impact for firms that issue and firms that promote crypto assets. This is because the proposals will broaden the scope of crypto assets that are subject to the financial promotions restrictions beyond just security tokens and e-money tokens or the regulated category as it currently stands uh, as the FCA sees it, um, to now capture a new category of so-called qualifying crypto assets. I'll discuss this in more detail below, but I did just want listeners to be aware that this change uh, is likely to be on the horizon. Um, But first, Tim, what about HMRC? How's HMRC approaching uh, these uh, the, the categories of crypto assets that we've discussed?
1: Well, the first point to note is that HMRC does not consider crypto assets to, to either be currency or money, uh, which echoes the position which was previously set out in the crypto asset task force report. Um, so HMRC do recognise the three categories of crypto assets you referred to peers, which were exchange tokens, utility tokens and security tokens. But The tax treatment of each category of tokens is dependent not on its definition, but on its nature and use. So if we go to HMRC's guidance, uh, we'll see that that mainly considers examples of exchange tokens, which, uh, whilst they acknowledge that for utility and security tokens, uh, the guidance is only going to provide a starting principle um, but it could be that there's a different tax treatment which may need to be adopted subject to that specific token's nature and use. So, in overview, in the vast majority of cases, it is considered that individuals will hold crypto assets as a personal investment um, and most of HMRC's guidance assumes that we're talking about exchange tokens here. Um, so, where individuals are holding those crypto assets as investments, they purpose of, uh, of holding the asset is either for capital appreciation in value or in order to be able to make particular purchases so individuals will in those cases be liable to capital gains tax when they dispose of their crypto assets noting as i said previously that they're not viewed as a currency as such so an individual may also be liable to income tax or national insurance on their crypto assets if they receive them as a form of non-cash payment either from an employer uh, or from other activities such as mining or transaction confirmations. And less commonly, where an individual is actually running a business which is carrying on a financial trade in crypto assets, then they may also be subject to income tax on trading profits. Uh, There are other situations, uh, such as airdrops, where uh, tokens can be awarded to an individual where that individual doesn't actually uh, perform any service or provide anything in return. So that might be as part of a marketing or advertising campaign for example in those cases tokens received will be free of tax um, however where an airdrop of tokens is provided in return for or in the expectation of a service to be provided then they again will be subject to income tax in the hands uh, of the holder in addition where those tokens are viewed as being readily convertible into cash then the normal pay-as-you-earn rules will apply uh, a company, an employer will need to operate the PAYE um, on any transfer of tokens to uh, an employee. Um, and, and, and where PAYE doesn't apply, the individual should report the transaction on their self assessment tax return. After that initial uh, receipt of tokens, any future disposal of that asset would then be back to capital gains tax on any future increase in value. Now, if we, if we go back uh, to m- maybe Uh, When crypto assets started to emerge and individuals started to speculate in Bitcoin, for example, there was a view that this could be seen as being akin to spread betting or gambling. And of course, there's an exemption from tax on on, uh, earnings from gambling. However, HMRC have confirmed that their view is that the buying and selling of crypto assets is not gambling. Um, So you will be into the most cases capital gains tax regime. It's also worth touching on inheritance tax. So crypto assets are property for inheritance tax purposes. Therefore, the value of any tokens that an individual holds will form part of their estates. The slight distinction um, from, uh, as we say, a typical asset, is that in HMRC's view, the the crypto asset, uh, its location will be attached to the location of the individual. Uh, Whereas with other types of assets, you may have a a difference between the residence or location of the individual and the location of the asset itself, which can make a difference for inheritance tax purposes, particularly in the case of non-UK domiciled individual. In this case, the HMRC view is um, that there's no divergence between the token and and where the owner is located. Uh, As I mentioned above, in the vast majority of cases, the buying and selling of tokens is going to be subject to CGT in the UK, unless the frequency, the level of organization and the sophistication is sufficient to constitute a trade in itself. Uh, however, in HMRC's view, this is uh, likely to be considered as a, very much an exception. Okay. So uh, what constitutes a disposal for capital gains tax? Um, well, potentially, selling crypto assets for money, uh, exchanging crypto assets for a different type of crypto asset, using crypto assets to pay for goods or services or giving those crypto assets away to another person unless you're within an exemption such as the spousal exemption. Um, Then when we consider what is the the cost of those uh, assets, uh, consciously you might acquire and build up a, a pool of crypto assets over time and then only dispose of a small proportion of them, uh, well then the UK tax law already provides for pooling in such circumstances. So, for example, in the case of shares and securities, uh, that can also apply in this case to, uh, to crypto assets. Um, so, generally, crypto assets can be pooled, uh, each type of token would have a separate pool, so if you had Bitcoin and, a, and another form of, of cryptocurrency, they would be separate pools um, for this purpose um and then the final point to note is like any other asset if your crypto asset becomes worthless or of negligible value uh then you can make a claim for an allowable loss um but in that case you have to claim for the entire pool
0: thanks tim that's really helpful and um and so that's obviously the the, the position for individuals um what's the position when it comes to companies holding uh, crypto assets
1: Well, the the first thing to note is that, as you mentioned at the outset, all exchange tokens are digital and therefore intangible by their very nature. Um, Now, in business taxation, we have a concept of intangible assets and chargeable assets. Um, Crypto assets are are viewed as chargeable assets for corporation tax in most cases, so where they're capable of being owned and have a value that can be realised. Um, So, most companies that hold exchange tokens as an investment will be liable to pay corporation tax on any gains that they realise on the disposal of those assets. Um, If a company does account for an exchange token as an intangible asset, uh, then it can be taxed under the corporation tax rules for intangibles. Uh, However, in order to fall within that category, uh, firstly, it would need to be an intangible asset for accounting purposes. and uh, an intangible fixed asset which has been created or acquired for use on a continuing basis. Um, As I mentioned earlier, uh, exchange tokens which are simply held by the company, uh, even in the course of its own activities, it will typically not meet the uh, intangible definition and therefore uh, it will be a a chargeable asset on which your corporation tax will be paid on uh, on a gain.
0: That's that's helpful. so, so that's the tax position uh, in relation to each of the categories. Um, Though it's important to note that uh, characterization of digital assets uh, or crypto assets in this way must be undertaken on a case-by-case basis to determine definitively whether they're subject to UK financial and tax regulations. Um, I think it's also worth noting that the analysis of the characterization of crypto asset must be done on the basis of a, what you might call an intrinsic assessment Focused on the rights or entitlements granted to the holders of it, uh, rather than it being based on extrinsic factors uh, such as the intended or actu- actual use. Um, so, in, in a sense, really, um, it's not really what people are saying the crypto asset is for, but what actually, what it actually does, uh, which is important. Um, I think, uh, in terms of the, um, you know, in terms of the regulatory position uh, for an issuer of uh, digital assets um you know this is quite important um to consider as well um and you know we've seen that the fca distinguishes between regulated and unregulated tokens um and this is uh this is important um of course uh, from the perspective of the uk prospectus requirements and uk restrictions on on financial promotions as mentioned earlier so um, you know, just to recap on that, uh, FISMA uh, imposes requirements for an, improve, uh, an approved prospectus to be ma- made available to the public uh, before transferable securities are offered to the public in the UK, uh, or a request is made for such securities to be admitted to a regulated m- market in the UK. And unless an exemption applies, uh, in essence, uh, you know, such as the public offer being made to qualified investors, a detailed prospectus containing prescribed content, uh, must be drawn up, approved by the FCA uh, or an equivalent EEA regulator uh, if the UK is not the home state of the issuer, uh, published and made available in advance of the offering. Um, so we need to look carefully um, at, at the characterisation of the crypto asset in question to see if it's characterised as a transferable security, uh, to see if the prospectus rules will apply and whether the issuer will need to comply with them. Um, Referring back to the FCA guidance, as it stands now, we can see that utility tokens and exchange tokens are not considered to be regulated, but security tokens are, so care needs to be taken when looking at issuing security tokens to comply with the prospectus rules. Um, Looking again at the uh, restriction on financial promotions, uh, this also needs to be considered alongside the prospectus rules, which are separate. Um, And uh, with respect to the financial promotions rules, a person who is effectively not appropriately authorised must not in course of uh, business communicate an invitation or inducement to engage in investment activity in a way which is capable of having an effect in the UK unless such a communication is communicated, uh, sorry, is approved by an appropriately authorised person uh, or otherwise an exemption applies. Um, Engaging in investment activity is further refined by reference to a definition of controlled activities and controlled investments uh, as set out in the financial promotions order. So again, care must be taken by token issuers to consider whether they need to comply with the FPO when they're issuing tokens. Um, As I said, hitherto only security tokens and e-money tokens are caught, Uh, but as mentioned above, Her Majesty's Treasury proposes to include certain unregulated crypto assets as a new category of what's known as qualifying crypto assets. Uh, these would fall within the financial promotions restriction, and the proposed definition of qualifying crypto assets uh, moves away from simply being limited to securities tokens and money tokens uh, to include uh, any tokens or any crypto assets which are both fungible and transferable. Um, and they could, in theory, fall within the uh, you know utility token uh, definition. Um, you know, as Her Majesty's Treasury believes that these two features make a crypto asset significantly more likely to give rise to consumer protection concerns. So I think it's worth bearing that in mind. Um, It's also important to note uh, that when these recommendations are implemented, there's probably almost certainly won't be a a transition period. So any companies that are involved with um, with promoting or issuing crypto assets will need to be alive to the fact that uh, the regulatory burden on them uh, is likely to be uh, significantly increased um, if they are issuing tokens which are uh, both uh, both transferable and fungible. So, Tim, um, what about issuers then? Issuers of, of crypto assets. Uh, what are the tax implications for them of issuing the crypto assets uh, into the market?
1: Well, the current HMRC guidance is is quite explicit in stating when, as it as it covers businesses. Um, that it only applies to crypto asset exchange tokens uh, so it doesn't explicitly apply for example to the issue of tokens under an ico or another event um, so it's not uh, they do acknowledge that the existence of the other types of crypto assets security tokens and utility tokens but uh, as it stands they're keeping their powder dry as to what their view is going to be on on how um, the issue of those tokens should be taxed, which they've stated will be addressed in future guidance, uh, also noting their views may evolve further as the sector develops. Um, But if we look at the facts of each case uh, and then seek to apply the relevant tax provisions uh, to what has actually taken place, then um, we can start to form a view as to how an ICO should be dealt with. Uh, So the first question is, is an issue of tokens uh, a disposal? Well, the answer is it depends. Uh, and we're going to fall back to my earlier comments around the exact nature of the token and the transaction involved. So, whilst in most cases the expectation would be that where a token is created by a company which is then issued or transferred in exchange either for money or another crypto asset then that would represent a disposal uh, which would be subject to corporation tax in the hands of the issuing company. However, it does seem that where a security token um, is created with rights and characteristics which are akin to a share or a security, then um, they can potentially be subscribed for without giving rise to a taxable receipt in the hands of the issuer. Um, but Again, we come back to nature and use and the, the facts and circumstances. Uh, the, the other point to note, which of course we, which we shouldn't lose sight of on, on the issue of a token, and if we're talking about tokens that look like a security, just think about stamp duty, um, Now, HMRC have stated that whilst in principle stamp duty and the uh, lesser referred to stamp duty reserve tax uh, can potentially apply to the transfer of securities, uh, the transfer of the security would need to meet the definition of stock or marketable security. Um, And uh, HMRC's current view is that exchange tokens would not be likely to meet the definition of stock or marketable security or, or chargeable securities and hence stamp duty is unlikely to apply to the transfer. However, in the case of tokens, which are given as consideration, these could potentially be classed as money's worth. Uh, And in that case, stamp duty reserve tax at half a percent might apply. So um, it's it's one to be wary of and, and that would need to be analyzed on a transaction by transaction basis.
0: That's really helpful. Thank you. I'll be really interested to see as things evolve where we end up with um with digital collectibles as well uh, you know crypto kitties were obviously all of the rage previously um, you know and we've been seeing lots and lots of uh, crypto art and digital asset uh, uh you know art being created as well and and traded so my expectation is that'll probably be seen as as property in the usual way um and taxed albeit you know intangible property but you know perhaps something for us to look at uh, at a later date um, so thank you, Tim. That's been very, very interesting and, and helpful. Hopefully that's been a, a useful overview for everybody of the, of the regulatory position on these, uh, on these crypto assets, of the tax position, um, both from an individual corporation standpoint and the issuer. Um, and obviously, you know, things are going to evolve and change and we will, of course, keep you up to date uh, as they do so. So uh, with that in mind, um, I just want to thank Tim very much uh, for um, joining us today. Uh, So wishing you all well, um, and thank you again for joining us. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Bizz.